trigger warning for this episode. The subject of suicide will be mentioned for a portion of this episode. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, please do not listen to this episode. We also like to dedicate this episode to the late, great Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver in The Green with Evil Arc. Instead of playing the theme song, out of respect for the death of a great person and somebody who played a hero to many people for over 20 years... We're going to have a moment of silence instead of playing the theme song. Thank you. Welcome back, classmates, to Japanese Power Rangers for Dummies podcast with your hosts, Howie Kohai. Hello, hello. And me, Tech Senpai. Now, we are going to talk about the American adaptation of the Bri arc, which is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers miniseries, Green with Evil. Now, we're going to do a little synopsis real quick, and then we're going to get started and jump right into this. So, the Green with Evil arc is, of course, about the evil Green Ranger. Now, in this, there is a new kid called Tommy who comes into Angel Grove and is a part of a martial arts expo that's going on in town. And he also fights Jason in a tournament fight in the expo, and they're evenly matched. Of course, because he's the cute new guy, Kimberly is all ooh-woo over him. Um, but then later, Rita realizes that he's very skilled, so she decides she's going to turn him into her evil Green Ranger, but first does a little test against some putty patrollers, which, of course, because he's a skilled martial artist, beats them easily. But then she kidnaps Tommy, puts him under an evil spell, and transforms him into the Green Ranger. Now, when he becomes the evil Green Ranger and under Rita's evil spell, he goes into the command center, which is the base of operations for the Power Rangers, puts a virus in Alpha 5, and also destroys the control panels of the command center to take away communication from Zordon. So because of this, the rangers can't go into the command center without using a form of interdimensional transportation to get into the command center. And now they have to deal with Goldar trying to trash the, trash the city. So they go in, summon the Megazord, go after Zordon. Uh, not Zordon, not Zordon, freaking uh, Goldar. I keep, I've been doing this all bloody day. Um... <laughs> And it's a trap, of course, and the Green Ranger goes into the Megazord, knocks him out, gives him a good fight, and of course does his trademark evil laugh the entire time. And that is pretty much what ends the first part. And then part two, they go more into how uh, Rita needs to give uh, Tommy a sword of darkness to keep him under her evil spell, which I always thought was kind of weird, but we'll get more into that once we go into discussion. And then he gets the sword by earning it by fighting putties again. Again. I'm getting more into the criticism part later. I feel like if I pause every single time, I'm like, oh, this is kind of dumb. This would go on for too long. (laughs) Um, 
So after he gets the Sword of Darkness, um, he actually traps Jason into a different dimension where he has to fight uh, Goldar without his powers because Goldar took his power morpher. And with that ends pretty much ends part two but of course there's also a fight between um the rangers and the green ranger and they lose but they summon the megazord to gain an upper hand but now we're stuck in the situation where jason is in a completely different dimension without his powers and fighting zordon again why am i still calling him goldar (laughs) not zordon still fighting goldar and unfortunately he might be in big trouble but then that leads into part three where jason kind of gets somewhat of an upper hand over goldar in the dark dimension but there's trouble afoot outside on earth because rita summons scorpina the new evil baddie of the group and she's gonna wreak havoc as well but they're trying to find jason in whatever dimension he's in which of course is the dark dimension of course goldar takes too much time toying with uh, jason that he does end up gaining the upper hand but then the green ranger comes and says i'm gonna take him out and then he fights and almost almost very close gets jason but then they find where he's located teleport him out of the dark dimension and bring him back to earth and then the green ranger is punished for it even though goldar also took time trying to defeat him but we'll get into that later um so with that scorpina attacks they get they get trashed pretty hard and now they're still trying to deal with um trying to get zordon back but then goldar because a giant starts attacking the city which leads into part four where uh the rangers have to deal with the giant goldar but of and they also have to deal with scorpina but also goldar takes a bus that has bulk and skull in it to a cliffside where they're gonna knock it over, connecting it to Drew Ranger where they did the same thing except it was with children, with kindergarten children. So they go over, they try to stop them from knocking over the bus. They summon the Megazord. Uh, they try to they save the bus, uh, attack Goldar, but then Scorpina turns into a giant scorpion monster and attacks them. They're overwhelmed, and then the Green Ranger comes in and attacks them while also. Before I forget to mention this, there's also a plot point where they're summoning a solar eclipse onto Earth to take away power from the Megazord because it's powered by solar energy and it would make it very weak. And because they do that, the Megazord doesn't have enough power to take on all three of them. And because of that, it gets overwhelmed and the Megazord gets destroyed. Now, during that time, The Green Ranger goes into the command center yet again and tries to cut off communication from Zordon yet again, but Alpha gains the upper hand and actually traps the Green Ranger for a small amount of time. But because he was able to do that, the computer system was actually able to identify the Green Ranger as the new kid, Tommy. Now, that leads into part five. In the final part, the Green Ranger identity is revealed, 
they come up with the um with the synopsis that well no not synopsis they pretty much figure out that he's under an evil spell hence why he's doing all this and why he was acting so different in the first place and so they decide they try to figure out a way to save him but then rita decides to summon the dragon zord which i Again, I gotta stop doing it. I, I'm about to go into, like, criticism mode, but I have to save it for when we actually go into discussion. Gotta save but, it. Like, they hit the... They, they're literally they're just pulling stuff out of their butt but again we'll get into that um <laughs> so they summon the they she summons the dragon zord and starts attacking the city with it with the green ranger who uses the dragon flute to do its bidding um they go after him uh alpha finally gets a hold of zordon and because of that zordon was able to use the power of the morphing grid to pretty much repair the megazord Megazord gets summoned, they defeat the Dragon Zord, but then Jason comes in and does a one-on-one fight with Tommy, which kind of brings it all into full circle from the first episode where they had the sparring match at the expo. They defeat Tommy, destroy the Sword of Darkness, he, become, he becomes a good guy again, and then joins the team and then puts the oath in, does the oath of being a ranger and that's pretty much how it ends now i know some of you listeners are listening it was just like wow that was a really like fast synopsis of the entire green with evil arc like what's up with that um the truth is is that that's because unlike the baraya arc where there's like very somewhat complex like story beats that go on within the entire arc you can pretty much sum up the Green with Evil arc within, like, a few, like, minutes, because it's pretty simple. There's not a lot that goes on. There's not a lot of, like, crazy interconnected, like, story beats. Um, but before we get into, like, full um, compare and contrast territory, I'm going to talk to you, Howie Kohai. How did you like the Green with Evil miniseries? I, I did think it was fun. It was definitely... You know, keeping with the Mighty Morphin vibe of like silly, um, you know, like especially with having Bulk and Skull all of a sudden be integrated into like the fights, even if it's just them in the bus. It's like now they're actually involved in what the Rangers are doing. Um, So I am excited to see how that continues. And, you know, I do remember you mentioning to me uh, before we got into Mighty Morphin in general that Bulk and Skull do have a bit of a character arc. So I am excited to see that. And I feel like this is the beginning of it since they're now, like, starting to interact with the Rangers, even if it's from a distance. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Like, it's funny how, like... Bulk and Skull end up being the most developed characters by the end of Mighty Morphin, which we'll get into when that time comes, because we have a lot more tokus to go through. Um, But I also wanted to uh, ask, how did you like uh, Tommy as a character? I I don't know how I feel, because I feel like Tommy, you know, it, it did seem like the Rita spell, like, did completely change his personality so i like i understand that and i get you know how they approached that uh but i do wish they spent a little more time showing us who tommy was before the spell got put on him i feel it was like it felt so immediate 
that yeah that it's like you we couldn't really get attached to the character um and it seems like yeah there were things off screen that you know showed that he was a good dude and he had that moment with Kimberly where he stood up for her and you know that's a big signal of of character that particular scene um but yeah it was hard to get connected to him like I almost felt like he was like um oh who's the character I almost felt like he was kind of like Goshi where it was like he's Ah, got a bit of a personality but just as how they presented him um he has a bit of a personality but they're like I had a lot of trouble connecting to Goshi in uh, Jew Ranger. And I feel like I experienced that in, um, you know, in this with, with Tommy, but, you know, as soon as he gets out of the, the spell, you see that personality come back and I'm like, okay, so there is somewhere to go with this. So I could see it, you know, I could see this is very much like a foundational arc setting up for, you know, the, I guess, you know, the main plot of the show in general. Yeah, no, it's very it's very obvious that, like, this really sets up, like, any plot devices that are coming forward, because, like, with the episode, with the other episodes, including, like, the filler stuff that we didn't watch, like, nothing plot-wise is really that significant until this, which, um... Which is a little bit of a problem for me in terms of, like, a longevity of this series. Um, but I will say this about um, Green with Evil is that it worked at the time because there was nothing like this in children's television at the time in America. Like, this was so different. And, like, Tommy was so um, imposing as a villain at the time, even though we didn't know much about him, his personality was pretty much just, I am under an evil spell, so I'm doing evil things. Yeah. But it was done well enough for kids to really be invested, which is important, but um, when we dig deep into it, you know, there is cracks in problems with it when you actually, like, sit down and think about it. But anyway, um, what I'm... So, one thing... I wanted to really go into this is pretty much going to be the bread and bones of this discussion and I'm going to start with you so I'm going to ask the question what do you think is better the Barai arc or the Green with Evil miniseries Barai arc was definitely more interesting you could tell that Green with Evil is an American kids show there is it felt like very surface level where I feel like the Bry arc it did give you a chance to connect with the characters and actually care about um, the things that they wanted care about how they end up interacting with each other it doesn't feel as hollow as Mighty Morphin and I think that is a cultural thing I find it interesting that you say this because you are somebody who is not in the toku community. Like, even I would argue I'm not fully in the community. I just know, like, different fandoms and stuff like that. But there is one thing that always stuck out like a sore thumb to me whenever I go into the toku fandom is it is finding a fair amount of people that will argue that... Green with Evil is better than the Barai arc. And I'm sitting there like, 
what is your basis for this argument besides nostalgia? Because, well, I get it. There are pretty badass moments in it. Like, if you objectively, like, literally objectively look at both of these scripts and you looked at them and you read them and you were sent these scripts and it was two scripts that you needed to do for, like, a show. I'm telling you right now, mo- oh, pretty much everybody would pick the Bri Arc script because it actually has a cohesive story, unlike Green with Evil. Yes, I totally agree. And one thing that I was trying to keep in mind is that Mighty Morphin uses a lot of footage that is Jew Ranger. It's not footage that they make themselves. So I, you know, you can give it a little bit of leeway as far as how it's presented, but I don't think that makes up, like, that makes up for the hollowness of the story. Like, they could have totally, totally done more of, you know, what was closer to the Bry arc and had it be, like, pretty good. I mean... But, but, you know, like, that's just, that's just a noob's opinion. Yeah, because, like, the, the, here, the argument that I tend to get with people who say that the Bri arc is not as good as Green with Evil, the argument that I always tend to get and I always hear from the fandom is that the Bri arc looks cheaper, it looks cornier, and I'm just like, um... Are we watching the same show? Like, have you watched the the Green with Evil arc with beyond like when you were a child? Because yeah, Jew Ranger has moments where it's corny in the Barai arc, but for the most part, the story is pretty like connected, and it, it gets serious at times. There's brotherly drama. There's a, there's a vengeance story. Like, there's serious stuff being involved in the story, including, like, death. So, like, there's really, like, complicated stuff and also, like, serious stuff that you can take 100% seriously. And there's other stuuff too, because um, the, the other thing, too, is that, like, the acting in the Briarch is very well done. And it conveys so much better, even with the corny stuff, because you can still take it seriously. Now, I have heard some people make the argument that just because the acting is better in Drew Ranger doesn't make it better. And I'm just like, what kind of argument is that? Like, acting is, like, a big part of the believability of any story. If you can't... If the acting doesn't convey you, then you're not going to be swept away by the story so that's not a very good argument that just sounds like you're being very rose-tinted glasses and trying to find any like reasoning to not like it well i will say that you know i I agree that the acting is one of the most important things um to you know any any sort of entertainment that involves actors I do think that sometimes, okay, and this is just me, I'll start a show and I'll be like, damn, this acting and this directing is not that great, but I really want to find out what happens next in the story because I feel like the story is good. So, I mean, you know, it's it's looking at two different things. I mean, the acting was, I feel like, 
yeah, better. I, I actually wouldn't say that I felt that Jew Ranger was more corny. I felt the opposite. I feel like Mighty Morphin was like more corny. And also, I will take I will take a stance on the oh, it doesn't look like it's as good of you know quality or whatever. Like these are from what? When did Jew Ranger come out again? Jew Ranger came out in 1992. Mighty Morphin came out literally just a year later in 93. Okay, I was gonna say if there was like a stark difference, then you know that would make sense. But honestly, like I, I, yeah, I have a hard time using that as an argument to say that Mighty Morphin was better especially since they use so much footage of Jew Ranger like it's it's like I mean half the show is footage from the original yeah that's the point I also make too because I'm just like so you're telling me Jew Ranger looks cornier and cheaper yet they're using most of the footage number one number two some of the best footage from that episode is from Jewel Ranger. And number three, I'm sorry, I hate to be a dick about this, but the freaking dragon shield on the Green Ranger looks so terrible in the American suit compared to in Jewel Ranger. Like, it looks immaculate in Jewel Ranger. Mighty Morphin, American suit? But I understand why that is. I understand why that is, because of money. Money was a big part of it. However, this uh, this kind of like defects the argument that oh, Drew Ranger looks cheaper when you watch that shield, and I'm just like, um, what's that about it looking cheaper? Right in Mighty Morphin, it's like all fucking wrinkled. Like just take a steamer to it. Like that's all you need to do. Like it's fine. Like you you don't even have to like you know what I mean. Like I I totally agree with you. Also, I feel like if they were gonna splurge on anything. They should splurge on the costumes. Um, yeah. Because they have all of these effects that were in the original footage, you know, that they don't have to pay for. Um, but then again, I know nothing about TV production. And so I'm just kind of talking out of my ass right now. Yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> like, we, ha- we have, we are no experts on TV production. So, in terms of like what looks cheap and what doesn't, and like, like the efficiency, we're talking out of our butts when it comes to how it to its production but in terms of what we see on tv if it looks bad it looks bad yeah i feel like there was no excuse to not have those things ironed out yeah no because like i know like some people like i i hear a lot of like other arguments like one of the biggest arguments i always hear in why might the green medieval arc is better than the uh bry arc is the whole like thing with like Gnome and Barza using like guns and grenades against like a child? I hear that argument so many times of like, oh, why are these grown men trying to like kill a kid? But like, they never specifically say that they're trying to kill him. They're just trying to prevent him from opening um, Bry's door. For one and two. That is more of the corny side of the show coming in because it was clearly done for comedic effect in some way. So it's kind of like, well, you can you cannot excuse that, but you can excuse any really dumb or like over the top uh, comedic scene with bulk and skull. Like, I mean, I would have to say that I, you know, I agree with the sense of like, 
Like, I thought they were trying to kill him. I don't see how you can throw grenades at somebody and not have them explode if it does everything you want it to, which I think would kill a child. But again, there's that, like, you know, cultural difference of it's okay to talk about and reference death in Japan in kids shows, but it's not in American shows. So, I mean, I wouldn't really put that as a reason that like Jew Ranger is worse. I think it just is what it is. They try to kill children all the time. Like that's just a part of it. So I don't feel like you can use that as an argument to say that, oh, Jew Ranger is worse. Yeah, another thing I forgot to mention, uh, sorry for interrupting, another thing I forgot to mention is that the reason also the other, uh, in the show, they actually contextually say that the reason why they do it is because magic wouldn't work on the grandson because he's a fairy. So they had to use human means to stop him. So they give somewhat of a reason. Of, it's still trying to use weapons on a kid. But like, again, I never got the sense that they were trying to kill him. Oh, I totally did. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that in the story. I mean, in real life, yeah, don't kill children. But, like, it's nothing new in this TV show, so I don't see why people would be so, like, fucking upset about it. Yeah, but that's the other thing, too. I mean, there, there's literally there's literally a book and movie series called The Hunger Games where it's about children killing each other. Yes, but that's... So why is it any different in Jew Ranger? It's because if you were to say like, oh, they're trying to kill the kid, even though I never got that vibe. I mean, so I feel like Hunger Games might be a little different. Not that I ever like watched all the movies or read the books, but it's because it's kids killing each other versus an adult like specifically killing their own grandson. That that is a little intense. Um, But I think that's just like part of these part of the Jew Ranger story is, yeah, it's fucking intense. That's kind of the point, you know, compared to like Mighty Morphin where, yeah, you know, this this fighting and the action is is also intense. But the but the content of why is, you know, not as like real life serious. Yeah, but like, okay, so like I do give credit where credit's due with uh, Greed with Evil. Like they do make Tommy look like a badass. He has really badass moments and everything like that. But my biggest criticism, my biggest criticism of the Green with Evil arc is the fact that the entire time Tommy is under an evil spell and we don't get to know him as a character. Unlike Bry, where he is doing everything of his own free will. He did not... He was not under some evil spell by Bandura. He's fueled by vengeance and rage to get what he wants. And he only works with Bandura to satisfy his own means. Because as soon as Daijujin is down, he tries to go after Bandora. So he has his own goals and his own ambitions. And plus, we do emphasize more that he does have a good heart deep down, but he's just fueled by vengeance. I know some people can argue that we don't know much about Bry's like, good guy side either, but at least we understand that when he's first appears that he's being really influenced by his own vengeance. 
yeah, it feels like it's a lot more coming from within him than just like, oh, hey, you're going to be evil right now because I say so and I'm the evil empress. Um, I feel like that was really, you know, like it was it was it was a convenient plot device. It didn't feel really very authentic. It didn't give us a chance to learn anything about Tommy, even if we just like know a little bit of his personality from you know the the beginning of the first episode we don't know anything about him whereas bry even if we didn't get to see his good side very much we at least understand who he is and i feel like if we could have just gotten that with you know with mighty morphin i feel like that could have made a difference as to how i connected with the character yeah, no, I've always here's the argument that I've always made for how they could have made Tommy more interesting as a character when he's first introduced is that instead of him being a good person, why did they they could have made him a bully character in the beginning where he's a very like powerful martial artist so he thinks he's better than everybody else and then he joins Rita cuz he feels like it's going to give him more power and more strength. But then after he gets defeated by uh, the Rangers, he realizes that, you know, power isn't everything when it comes to being a good fighter. I always felt like that was what would have been a more interesting way of introducing the character because that would be a good way of adapting what Bri went through where he's fueled by vengeance and vengeance is giving him his motivation for what he's doing. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, in the past, you and I have talked about, um, you know, kind of uh, looking at something that's original and then looking at the adaptation and, you know, wondering, I'm, I'm wondering if like this is coming from a purist point of view, because with adaptations, as you had, you know, described to me, I had a big problem at first when I read the comic books, The Umbrella Academy, and then I saw the show. I remember this conversation I had with you, and I was like, I am not, like, blah, blah, blah. They did so many things that are different. And you went, you're a purist, aren't you? And I was like, damn, I guess that is me being a purist. And then, like, then, you know, I kind of gave the TV show a break and was like, you know what? This is a different expression of the story. It's not necessarily supposed to be the same thing. So I'm wondering if, you know, even though, like, I objectively think the comic books are better, um, it seems like you objectively think that Jew Ranger is better. And I'm wondering if you have that attachment that, like, I had in my experience with something that I loved. Okay, so I have the... It's funny, I actually... The way it works is that I have the opposite problem. If I wanted to be a purist, I probably would have preferred Mighty Morphin because I saw my because I grew up with Mighty Morphin. I grew up with this. I have major nostalgia for it. Even with my criticisms of the Green with Evil arc, I still love it. It's just um I I do tend to prefer the original Japanese version, but not because it's the original, but it's because of the fact that it's just better written. Uh, Super Sentai tends to be more well-written than Power Rangers, for the most part. Not all, not all Super Sentais are written very well. There are some Super Sentais that are written very bad. 
So I can at least admit that. It's just with this specifically, it's not a purist thing from my end because like I'm not being like, oh, like I just prefer the original because it's the original. It's just there's so many times. I think the fandom definitely has something to do with my resentment. Not No, resentment's the wrong word. My... heavy criticisms of the Green with Evil art because the fandom really tends to shit on Drew Ranger much more than I think is necessary. And when I see this whole thing of just like, oh, this is dumb, oh, this is dumb, therefore the American version is better, I'm just kind of like, it doesn't feel like people are really taking the time to analyze the show from both a writing and a creative aspect and are just saying, oh, because this doesn't look good in my eyes, this is automatically better. I don't agree with that. I never agree with that when it comes to any form of media or even adaptations. I'm a very big believer in criticizing what works, what doesn't work, but giving what's due. Because here's the thing with me. If there is one thing, if there's one thing I will give the Green with Evil arc a lot of credit is that it's really good at leaving the cliffhangers for each episode. The cliffhangers really make you feel like shit's about to go down in the next episode. And there are times in Jew Ranger where it's not as cliffhanger It feels like more if it's like an episode, like just a plain episode ender. But the difference is for me personally is that what they do what Jew Ranger does is that they just really make an interesting episode and then they just end it then that's how they get you hooked. It's different in in Mighty Morphin where they hook you with a good cliffhanger. There's not a lot of cliffhangers in the Briar. There are cliffhangers, but it's not as heavy-handed as it is in Mighty Morphin. So I I mean people can argue that I am a purist. And that I'm just saying it's better because it's the original Japanese version, but I'm mostly judging it from a writing and creative standpoint. And I have nothing but huge, gigantic nostalgia for Mighty Morphin. I love Mighty Morphin in all of its glory, even the bad. (laughs) I love it to death. It's just when something is better, something is better. And I have to say that it is. And I don't care that people are going to get upset by it because there are so many people that are very critical of Drew Ranger for reasons that I'm just like, I feel like you're just too hard on this show. Because unfortunately, the fandom is so used to material in Super Sentai and Kamen Rider and Ultraman that has really good standing stories with characters that are really fleshed out and when they don't see that as efficiently in a show they are very quick to just destroy it and i feel like jew ranger is very heavily criticized for reasons that i feel are necessary and i will say this jew ranger is not even in my like Top 10 favorite Super Sentais. But I like Jew Ranger as a show because of its lore and the way they handled doing fantasy stories mixing with mythologies and theologies. I love the lore. I wish the lore was fleshed out a lot more. Like, I really wish, like, the original creators, like, either made, like, a side series or made a book 
series based on the Drew Ranger world, and maybe we can learn more about like the different tribes and stuff like that. That's the reason why I love Drew Ranger. That's why Drew Ranger is not like much lower. Like if I had to put it on my list, I probably have it be number eleven. You know, and I that is something that I enjoy about it too. And you know, I don't have a reference to any other uh, Super Sentai, but I did like all of the you know the mythology and theology that incorporated that was incorporated in it, and I can tell the lore. There's a there's a lot of potential there, um, and it is kind of a bummer that they didn't make any books or comic books or you know like I think a graphic novel would have been sick. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like I'm rambling a lot, but I'm very passionate about this because I feel like um, the both the Power Ranger and the Tokusatsu fandom tends to be way too harsh on Jew Ranger and don't see Jew Ranger's potential. And it's really upsetting because, again, it's funny because, like I said, I would probably put Jew Ranger at number 11 of my favorite Super Sentai of all time. So it's not even in the top 10. But because of its lore and how they present things, I really, like... I'm not going to lie. If I wanted to, I would make a fan fiction where it fleshes out all the kingdoms and we really get into like the political stuff of each kingdom and make it kind of Game of Thronesy. Oh my god, you should if, totally do that. If I really wanted to. Because I love the lore so much. It's really good lore, which is why it's not more lower. But I think a lot of people are too critical of it because it's not something like... Um, like, there's other Super Sentais that have really fleshed out characters. And plus, another thing, too, is is that um, Drew Ranger came out right after another Super Sentai series called Chojin Sentai Jetman, which is considered one of the best Super Sentais of all time. And for good reason. It has one of the... Be it has probably the best written story in all of Super Sentai, and I'd fight me on that. <laughs> um, because there are going to be people who don't agree with me on that. But I think the story is very well written. All the heroes in that story are so fleshed out and so well written. To, and you really get to know these characters a lot more. The villains are great. And they even do stuff in that show where they kind of like defect Super Sentai tropes at the time and did something different. So when you're coming off of that and then you're going to Drew Ranger, which is more conventional and more towards children, it does leave a taste in your mouth where it's just like, oh, I had like the five star, like excellent meal. And now I'm stuck here eating a McDonald's happy meal, which isn't bad, but it's much less quality. Yes. Yes. And you know, I could, I could see that if you have a comparison of something that you really, really enjoyed, you kind of, that's your, that's your new standard. Right. And especially if this was like, more aimed for kids, then it's definitely not going to be the same. There's no way. There is no way that it could be the same. Adult content and children's content. There's a lot of differences. Yeah, no, exactly. So, like, because, again, like I said, if you go from, like, a five-star, like, gourmet meal to, like, a five-star like, McDonald's meal, different quality. Absolutely. Like, I know... <laughs> I, it sounds weird when I say five star McDonald's. You're like, there is such like fucking thing. I mean, I fucking love McDonald's, so yeah. But that the, the point I'm trying to make is is that if you're gonna take the best meal from a restaurant, a very 
good restaurant and the best meal of McDonald's, of course people are going to choose the best meal from the biggest restaurant. Like, it's a no-fucking-brainer. Right. But doesn't mean the best meal of McDonald's is crap. Yes. Absolutely. Still fucking delicious. So that's, like, the thing with me. That's why I'm very passionate about it. Okay, so before I get to... So we've been really, like, into it, but I really wanted to get into comparing um, Tommy and Bri. How do you feel about, like, Tommy compared to Bri? Bri is just way better. I mean, Tommy was so hard to connect to. He was just, like, I feel like I don't even know who Tommy is. Um, So for this particular arc, Bri was, was, you know, hands down better for me. Yeah, I, I, I can't say... Okay. I have to agree with you, even though... I want to emphasize something here before I go into that. I want to, I'm going to emphasize something for the people listening. Tommy was like my first childhood hero. I have nothing but respect for Tommy as a character, as a character, even though he's not as well written, but Bri was the better written character. And I love Tommy. I love Tommy. I feel like his, his character growth didn't really start until much later, but he is a staple of Power Rangers, and I I wish I wish Jason David Frank was still alive. Um, unfortunately, um, he uh, committed suicide in November of last year, which was very heartbreaking. I and bet. I bet. I still don't know how to feel about it personally because of like you know your childhood hero kills himself. It's like. It's not, it's, it's, it's so crushing. Stuff. Yeah. It's so crushing. So I, that's why I also feel bad at times saying that Bri is better because, you know, of the circumstances, but I want to be objective about how characters are written. Um, plus, you know, nothing I say, none of the criticisms that I have for Tommy as a character is anything towards jason david frank as far as i know jason david frank is the man of power rangers he is the man he will always be the man and he is kicking ass in heaven fuck yeah and you know what i think i think he did a great job with um bringing i guess cursed tommy to life because that's the only way that i know tommy at the moment you know i'm excited to see his character arc as the show goes on but you know i i think the actor did a great job um, and I don't think he wrote his character, so, you know, he was just doing what he was supposed to do, and he did yeah, that. If anybody's to blame for the way his character is written, it's the writers. Writer and maybe director but not as him. well. He, he pulled it off. What, he pulled it off. Yeah, he did he his job phenomenally. In it. He was amazing in it, and I still love his performance, even though at times it's corny. But again, it's the nature of the show. It has nothing to do with jason david frank because he was wonderful and i i wish i wish he was alive so they could hear this this episode goes out to him yeah it, it does to it him and his loved ones him. he's he he's a he was a wonderful person i met him multiple times at Aww. conventions and he was always really nice to me um so i i i love the guy i i wish he was around still and um, another thing that I'm going to talk about before we continue is is that um, the actor who played Bry actually did a um, a video tribute to him. Oh, that's so sweet. 
um, which is you could find it. You could find it. if you look it up. You can find it on um, on YouTube. I think it was. It's a very sweet um, tribute. No. Um, it's just um, yeah, Bry. Even though we don't know much about him in terms of a good guy like Tommy, we do. One of the biggest character traits that we do see in him is that he is very passionate. And his passion, whether it's being vengeful or being with his brother, is a big part of how he is as a character. Unfortunately, with Tommy, we don't we don't get that. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate, especially considering like how much of a right cross he is in the show. He literally just he fucking goes in and just goes, "Bitch, I'm in this now. Yeah, I'm gonna make you my bitch, <laughs> and it's time to kick your ass." Fuck you, you putties. Yeah, no, exactly. But that's the other thing too that I wanted that I have a problem with how Green with Evil is written is that, like you mentioned, putties. Tell me how. They tried to prove that he could be the Green Ranger by having him fight putties and literally do the exact same thing to earn the Sword of Darkness. Like, we made an argument in um, in our reaction video, which you can watch on Patreon when it comes up, is that um, it would have been better if he either had to prove himself by either fighting a monster or even, like, one of the henchmen without powers instead of the putties. Absolutely. It seemed like a very odd choice. And there was, I mean, I don't think there was really any reason for that to happen, especially because, you know, they, they, they did end up, you know, doing some footage with Tommy as the ranger versus Bry, you know, reusing the Bry arc footage. And like, dude, why, why, why did you do that? Like, just like, there are so many monsters, you know, like just not even like have it be the putty patrol, make a different, like maybe a giant putty monster or something, just something that's literally not the exact same number of putties fighting him for a second time. Just doesn't yeah, exactly. make any freaking sense. I, you made a fair point too that like, cause I made the, I made the argument that he should have fought Goldar without his powers because I, the only, the main reason why I said that is because we saw Bry fight Griffizar without his powers and he actually like made him his bitch. Yeah. He handed it to him. Yeah. You know, so I was thinking, why didn't they just do the same thing in Mighty Morphin? You did make a fair point that it might've made Goldar look weak. Yes, especially if they're supposed to, you know, oh, we're we're on the same side, like, when he, if he were to, you know, quote unquote, defeat him, like, would that mean that Goldar is supposed to be dead or Goldar is so injured that he can't do anything? Um, and like, he seems like he's, he wants, he wants to be a badass. Uh, he even goes on to toy with Tommy, or not Tommy, he even goes on to toy with Jason when he's in that dark dimension and, you know, that's just his ego. That's just his ego, you know, like, going through. So I, I could, I didn't think that they would, you know, do something to damage Goldar's ego too much. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's just, however, like, there's this whole plot point where um, Jason gets sent to the Dark Dimension and he has to fight Goldar without his powers. And while he is being manhandled by Goldar for 90% of the fight, Jason still gets the upper hand on him without powers. So I don't know why they couldn't have done something similar with uh, with Tommy. 
without him looking extremely weak. Although, this is the other thing, too, that I had a problem with um, story plot-wise. Because there's this whole... I know they had to do it for footage. Like, I know they had to do it because they didn't have footage that they could use without showing, like, the original, like, Japanese actors. But there's this whole plot point where Goldar is trying to pretty much impale Jason, and Jason keeps getting away. But then the Green Ranger comes in and is like, I'm going to defeat him. And But, of course, he gets teleported out at the last minute. And the Green Ranger gets punished by Goldar that he took too much time when Goldar wasted just as much, if not more, time to kill Jason because he was playing with him. Yet, he, the Green Ranger is getting scolded by Goldar. I did not feel okay with that. I feel like, if anything... It should have been um, Rita who scolded the Green Ranger and then maybe made like a, a comment where or he's like, you know, Goldar may have screwed up as much, but at least he didn't like waste a, as much time, even though it wouldn't have made sense. At least something. Yeah, I could see that. I, I do think that Goldar scolding is a part of that ego thing. Of just being like, oh, you know, I was doing it because I was just, you know, having a good time. But you said you would go in for the kill and you didn't go in for the kill. So, like, fuck you. I'm better. I think it was just an ego trip. Yeah, to be it honest. was. But, like, it, it still seems off. It's just like, well, you wasted time, too. In fact, I actually argue the Green Ranger wasted less time. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, you're the one who didn't get the job done either. Yeah, and I like how the only thing that essentially stopped Jason from getting impaled was just there was so much haze on the floor. I was like, where did this come from? That was so random. Like, all of a sudden, all this haze shows up. You're like, mm, okay. Oh, no, I, I mean, it, does, it the haze is there throughout the entire time, but it's just like... Somehow the haze like never gets like blown away too much and he's still very well hidden. But it's not there you... the entire time because when Goldar drops the buckle, he drops it on the floor and you can clearly see it on the floor. When Jason's on the floor reaching for the buckle, you can see that there's no fog around. So it That's is... true, yeah, when yeah, because Goldar has got took his power morpher, which is what the uh, the American version of the Dino Buckler is called, and he literally just drops it, and you can see it plain as sight. But then, like all of a sudden, you can't see it anymore. Later, uh, yeah, yeah. So thought that was an interesting choice uh, on the creators' part. Right. So um, I'm trying to think because I I feel like this entire like episode has just been nothing but us like really like talking about like the the differences and really having some criticism towards the american version which again i don't hate because a lot of people will also think that i don't like the american version whatsoever no 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 no. i grew up with this i still have nostalgia for it and i will still give it what it's due without the green with evil uh miniseries i don't think power rangers would have become as popular as it was i don't think it would have because it was so different and it was so um, like, not typical American children television that it just shot Power Rangers to the moon. Without that arc, we wouldn't have Power Rangers. So I have 110% respect for the arc. But when I am talking from an objective opinion and just talking about the writing and the characters and everything like that, the Bri arc is the better arc from an objective opinion. And... 
it just it takes me off that there are so many people that are very quick to denounce Drew Ranger as anything good when it is the better written show. Yeah, I'd agree. It's better written, more thoughtful as far as what goes into it. So, wow. It's just, I just realized, I, I went on an entire, like, long-ass rant earlier. I just, I, like, I'm so, like, steamed out already and, like, oh, we're, like, almost done. I mean, honestly, this is a little bit of a shorter episode because it's mostly just us, like, shooting the shit about um, how, like, different, like, the differences are and how, like... How Jew Ranger is Jew better. Ranger a better chance and that Jew Ranger is the better show, but we're giving respect to uh, Green with Evil a lot, especially uh, Tommy, Jason David Frank, because he made, he made that fucking um, series. I'm so excited to see where his character goes. I feel like there's so much room for potential and I know that it's going to happen. So, yeah. So, oh my God, there's just... Oh, man, there's so much. There's so much. I wish I could just go into. I mean, I've gone into like most of the stuff that I really wanted to go into. But this I if I feel like if I just ranted the entire time, this podcast episode would be like five hours long. And we don't want to kill our listeners uh, with that. Um, But I pretty much said everything that I wanted to say in terms of the arc although i will ask one interesting question because i mentioned that the green with evil arc had really good cliffhangers and that it's one thing that i think it did do a bit better than um jew ranger um is there something that you think that the Green with Evil arc did a little bit better or did much better than the Bri arc? Mm. I wish I could say yes, but nothing stands out to me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, because the cliffhanger thing is the main thing that I say that is, I think Power Rangers did a little bit better um, because they really, really good at doing the cliffhangers. Although, because of the way Jew Ranger is written, the cliffhangers is the is really just you wondering like what's gonna happen next, um, instead of like having that like really cliffhangery moment at the end. Yeah, I felt the the kind of Hollywood style cliffhangers. Um, you know, that was very apparent, but I think maybe because of the way that I think about shows and series in between episodes is I'm always thinking about, oh my God, like what can happen next? All these different things where, you know, a cliffhanger is very like in the moment, like grabs your attention, but that's not something that I personally necessarily need in order to keep me watching something. Yeah, I understand that. I know. It's interesting because like, I think the cliffhangers in Mighty Morphin are, are really, really well done. And that's one thing I, I can, I can, um, give points over Jew Ranger. However, I, it's interesting that you said that you clearly prefer the Jew Ranger ones because it's because the it doesn't need a cliffhanger because of the way the story is written. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big story person. I just want to know what happens next. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so, um, God, I just, I, again, I really wish I could just 
go 50,000 words a minute, but this podcast would be way too damn long. And I wanted to mainly just talk about like the differences and like my personal gripes with the fandom, with the Toku fandom in the United States towards disliking um, uh, Jew Ranger so much. Because it's funny because like in Japan, Japan actually was questioning why the hell America was so obsessed with um, Jew with their version of Jew Ranger. Because they were just kind of like, uh, there's other material. They were kind of like, there's other material. So it's kind of funny, like the major differences. Um, but what I'll say, because I don't want to go on too too long. I, again, I'm, I don't want to rant. This is not. This is not a rant. This is a. I wanted a proper discussion. So, final verdicts of just green with evil. What? How do you? think this is gonna change your liking of power rangers i think it's a great foundation for what's to come i felt like this was very much a foundation arc and not necessarily like you know this big like super you know deep thing so i can tell that it's gonna set it's a good setup for what's to come even though i don't know what's to come but i can tell that that was it felt like the purpose of of this arc uh, yeah, same thing with me. That's the best. That is always the best part about Green with Evil is that it was pretty much the start of Power Rangers actually like getting good writing in, instead of like trying to just completely adapt their the G Ranger footage into American footage and making it very like episodic. Mm-hmm. And this is when they actually started having like a connected story, and that's like the biggest factor. And I feel like without this, we wouldn't have Power Rangers today, which is the number one thing that I always love about Green with Evil. Even though I think the Bri arc is the much better story, and I think that's the most important thing. I think the important thing is is that even though we, you and I, think the Bri arc is a hundred percent better as a story, uh, Green with Evil is. A Power Ranger staple, and without it, we would not have Power Rangers. So it deserves every all the respect that we give it. Yes, yes. With that being said, even though this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but it's mainly shorter because I don't want to go on a crazy ass rant for five hours. We will definitely see you next time on the next podcast, where we are going to talk about the next arc in Jew Ranger, which is the Satan arc. So, until then, have a good one, guys. See y'all.